0: Hi everyone, this is Tom Salemi of Device Talks. Welcome to our second season of Medtronic Talks. In our first season, we spoke with the leaders of Medtronic's operating units to better understand the direction of each of the businesses. Now, with their courses set and clear, we're gonna talk to the engineers, scientists, physicians, and other experts who are executing on these strategies. We'll still keep a tight focus on each of Medtronic's businesses, but we are going to get a lot deeper into these stories. Let's go. Hi, everyone. This is Tom Salemi of Device Talks. Welcome back to the Medtronic Talks podcast. Today's guest is Frank Chan. Frank's the president of patient monitoring at Medtronic. And we talked uh, a lot about, well, about a few things. We covered his uh, his transition from being an engineer, he's an orthopedics engineer, into uh, into being an executive at a medical device company, what sort of inspired the change and what lessons did he learn from that? And then we're going to, of course, delve into uh, the impact that the pandemic had on patient monitoring. The need to uh, to track patient health from a safe distance became uh, even more acute and critical during the pandemic and Medtronic responded. And we'll talk with Frank about the changes that were made, about uh, the changes that were intended or scheduled and, and how the pandemic Kind of sped things up. So, uh, really interesting conversation on how a medical device business can uh, can sort of pivot and respond to external challenges like the pandemic. Finally, we'll uh, we'll look ahead. Frank talks about uh, the next five or ten years. He's anticipating some significant changes and says the uh, the concept of the four walls of the hospital will become very soft, meaning that there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of flexibility, a lot of interchangeability between the devices uh, that we use day to day and the devices we'll need in a clinical setting. So I know you'll enjoy this conversation with Frank Chan, the president of patient monitoring at Medtronic. But before we begin, I just want to let you know that Device Talks is holding our in-person meetings in Boston and Minnesota. Medtronic will be well represented at both. You can go to devicetalks.com to see the agenda for Device Talks in Boston, which is happening on May 10th and 11th. And Device Talks in Minnesota is happening on June 6th and 7th. So please go to devicetalks.com to find out more information about our upcoming events. Now, let's hear from Frank Chan, President of Patient Monitoring. Well, Frank Chan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Tom. It's great to be here. I'm eager to uh, to dive into the, the patient monitoring business. You've had an eventful couple of years, but we always like to learn about our, our guest background. How did you find your way into the, uh, the medtech industry?
1: Well, I started off as a mechanical engineer and I ended up uh, going to grad school, doing a master's and PhD in bioengineering, and I specialized in orthopedics. And uh, I thought that was a really interesting way to apply engineering to medicine. And back then in the late nineties, bioengineering was a relatively new field. You either chose medicine or you chose engineering. But it was sort of a hybrid and I found it fascinating to be able to do that. So that's how it happened. And I spent the early part of my life really on the technical side in R&D, later moved into different roles. And that's where I am right now.
0: What was that transition like moving from R&D and engineering into uh, sort of operations and, and the business side of things? Well, you have to be
1: comfortable with uh, a few things. First of all, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. <laughs> first, first, first of all, because you you leave the realm where you're actually a domain expert to areas where you're not. You also have to be relatively open minded and be willing to learn. You know, and so this is an evolution for any professional, really, as they evolve through their careers. I think the one thing that was most notable for me was you know, somebody from the engineering and r&d side having been given a chance to do different things is really the result of you know one key thing and one thing about leadership tom that i've i've learned is great leaders and i've been fortunate to work with some great leaders always give you a shot at doing something that you didn't yourself actually think that you could do and that that's really how my career evolved from engineering to a wide range of different functional leadership jobs and then ultimately in general management uh, where i have been for the last half decade or so.
0: Would you be comfortable just sharing that first moment when you decided to uh, step off the uh, the engineering track? What was appealing about uh, the path not taken?
1: It was something that was presented to me sort of halfway through my career. And I was already at Medtronic at that point. And I'd sort of grown up in the um, R&D world. But I had uh, somebody who said, hey, have you ever thought that you could apply some of your skills to different things? And long story short, I ended up doing some Business transformation program management, looking at anything other than technical aspects across a number of Metronic businesses, and that was a formative experience for me for a couple of reasons. One is that for the first time in a long time, nobody reported to me, and so you learned that influence management is a very tough skill to learn. You know, and so uh, it was it was pretty uncomfortable, like most formative experiences were and are in life. And uh, that's really how kind of diverse career zigzagging really took place after a while. That's fascinating.
0: Well, now you're, uh, you're president of patient monitoring at Medtronic. Tell us a bit about your your operating unit. What businesses do you oversee? What products are you putting out there?
1: Yeah. So Tom, I, I think you've talked to a lot of our leaders. So you're familiar with our mission that has uh, largely endured for 62 years and and how that comes to life in uh, the patient monitoring operating unit, which is one of the 20 Uh, operating companies at Medtronic is really that we produce technologies uh, that provide vital sign or other physiologic data monitoring. And and ultimately what happens is uh, we provide data and insights where caregivers can use the information to manage their patients better and ultimately to improve outcomes and reduce cost of healthcare. And so the products range from, for example, pulse oximetry, which measures oxygen saturation, and this is one of the five cardinal vital signs to more sophisticated brain monitoring technologies used to measure, for
0: example, the depth of anesthesia.
1: We largely exist in the hospital with part of our
0: business outside of the hospital. So how long have you been involved with the uh, patient monitoring business? It's going on about two and a half years now Mm -hmm. at this point. So you uh, you came on just prior to COVID toward the impact that that had on on your business and on healthcare, I'm curious, how have things uh, changed over the last two years? What, what have some of the challenges been that you've been able to overcome?
1: Yeah, well, I, I think I'd, I'd answer that in two ways, Tom. First of all, during the pandemic, we stayed pretty close to our customers and their needs and, and what they were trying to accomplish for their patients. And so um, what we found was a huge pull for, for example, remote technologies. And so we developed uh, some important capabilities with respect to either remote monitoring, or even remote control of medical devices, whether it's remote control of ventilators in a room with a patient or monitors in a room with a patient. And so the important things that we learned during the pandemic was that these technologies really helped to separate caregivers from the patients to prevent cross-infection and also provide early warning to patient deterioration And as uh, staff shortages really came to light over the last year or so, that this kind of technology allows a lower number of caregivers to manage a higher number of patients as well. So those are some of the things that we learned over the last two years. And these trends persist. They persist even today. So what used to be a big push from medical technology companies for remote technologies is now a big pull from our customers.
0: So when we say remote, we're talking about the ability to to monitor someone's status from a, a nurse's station outside a room or the, some central location, not much farther than that. That's right. That's right. Mm. Either
1: outside the room at a nursing station or even remote technologies that allow information and insights to be pushed to somebody's mobile phone, for example. Mm. How different
0: or difficult was that incorporation of that capability of, of remote monitoring for your devices? Was it something that they were already able to do or needed a minor fix or do they need a, a sort of a major, major change?
1: Yeah, Tom, to some extent, we and, and other such businesses were already moving to that in that direction for sure. And I think what we saw over the, the last couple of years was what we thought would happen in three to five years actually was needed in you know one to two years. And so we were already moving that way. I think we've also become a lot more sophisticated. And I mentioned not only remote monitoring but moving to the ability to remotely control medical technologies. And now the industry is moving to remotely managing patients, even outside the hospital. So this is the advent of telemedicine to be able to follow patients to the home post-discharge and eventually probably pre-admissions as well to be able to monitor patient vital signs before they even come to the hospital.
0: Interesting. We've talked with a few folks about the impact that the pandemic had on the healthcare system. But as the pandemic lifts somewhat, and we always sort of cautious about how we describe where we're we're headed or where we are, the healthcare system has changed. Hospitals have changed. Uh, healthcare workers are under a lot more pressure than there were. There are likely are fewer of them than there were, and there's of course a risk that many more will leave. I'm, right. I'm wondering in patient monitoring. I mean, this is you're you're directly dealing with nurses. You're directly dealing with with people who deliver. You can't get much more direct to the patient than, than you folks. How are you monitoring that situation, how healthcare is changing, and, and how does it sort of impact your product design going forward? Is it more remote? Is it more remote control?
1: Well, to the first part of your question, Tom, we're very close to our customers. We're uh, very much in the mode where outside-in perspective is is really key to our ability to develop and innovate. And ultimately we have to meet the needs of patients, caregivers, and payers, quite frankly, you know, as a set of stakeholders. The things that in addition to remote technologies, you know, there are some things that we're seeing really come to light. Uh, number one is staff shortages. And so anything really by way of technologies that can improve workflow, allow, for example, I mean, examples would be connectivity between medical devices and EMRs as well. So technologies that allow us to provide those as solution sets. Would be critically important. Another one is value. And we've talked about value for a few years, but never more so than it's important today because of capital constraints and cost reductions, right? And so the technologies that we develop have to have a clear problem that we're solving from a clinical standpoint, have to have a clear economic value proposition as well. So it's never more important for us to be very precise about those aspects of the technologies that we develop.
0: Interesting. So, how are you working with hospitals and and clinicians and and healthcare professionals to sort of understand the challenge going forward in both the supply of workers or the pressures they're under? What sort of efforts is Medtronic doing and is patient monitoring doing to make sure you have a clear picture of where things are headed? You know,
1: I think it comes down to our partnerships with, with clinicians and clinical societies, and whether it's medical societies or nursing societies, we work closely with them in a number of capacities. We have exchanges with clinical societies to understand where the community is heading, what their challenges are, and what opportunities exist for companies like us to be able to serve their needs. You know, And for example, we recently, just this past week, we met with the, the leadership of the Anesthesia Patient Safety Foundation to understand what their evolving challenges are hmm. and how technology providers like our operating unit can help them make their jobs easier. You know, I mentioned some of the trends before with respect to the need for remote technologies or workflow improvements, or just simply how you aggregate a plethora of data so that we can provide quick insights so uh, it can help accelerate clinical decision-making. So we partner with societies. We also partner closely with them in terms of education and training as well. And uh, we're really, really proud of our relationships with our clinical societies. And again, it provides bi-directional value where we derive insights that help us with the way that we evolve our technologies and innovation. And for them, we provide help for education
0: and training for their constituents. How much have things changed workflow-wise and setting-wise? Due to COVID and sort of the lessons we, we learned from there, I'm, I'm wondering if the systems you're offering now, the way they're engaged or used by healthcare professionals, is it drastically different than it was even, even two years ago? Have we seen sort of a leapfrog of innovation in the interface to your monitors or has it been more gradual?
1: Like I said before, we're, we're moving in a direction where technologies have to be more amenable to patients that are moving around. Mm-hmm. So the concept of wireless is important. The concept of being able to remotely monitor inside the hospital and then eventually outside the hospital is important as well. And trends like sicker patients leaving the hospital and needing to be monitored outside the hospital is also evolving quite rapidly. And so the way that patients and caregivers interact has to be a lot. Uh, the fidelity has to be a lot higher than it ever, ever was before, and so mm-hmm. that's the role that we feel like we play is to provide them with the technology and the tools for them to be able to do that.
0: To have your your devices have that functionality, that ability to connect with the physicians and the nurses that way. How much does that change your development of new products going forward? Is it just a matter of we're creating this device and like the last ten yards is just kind of figure out how it can be connected to the user remotely? Or does having that remote connection really change everything about a device or or a system? I'm not quite clear on how these things work. So I'm just sort of, does it require a a very different approach to developing your technologies?
1: No, I'd say Tom, it doesn't. And so we've always been in the business of
0: providing the
1: interface with the patient, which is the sensor. Yep, And so usually we collect discrete data from the patient, and we display it on monitors that may be local in the room of the patient, perhaps at the nursing station. So we take it to one step further. The fundamental technology remains the same, but now we can actually interface with a variety of different kinds of medical devices, and we can also connect those to central systems like EMRs, and then ultimately we can communicate between what you see on a patient, whether the patient's in the hospital or not, and then a device that may be right next to the caregiver by way like of, of a mobile device. And so all that is an extension of where we're heading already, but the fundamentals uh, don't have to change because fundamentally, we're still in the business of gathering the signal from a particular patient to provide to a caregiver.
0: And, and the method of, of how you're collecting that data, the sensor you're putting on the patient, whatever point of direct contact you're having with the patient. Is that changing at all, that connection?
1: Well, it is in some ways. And so from the standpoint of, for example, wireless sensors yep. it will become much more ubiquitous. And some of us believe, for example, that fitness or wellness sort of technologies will eventually converge with medical technologies as well. And so the concept of multiple kinds of parameters that are measured from a patient that gets turned into data that's actionable for clinicians is, is where I think this industry is heading.
0: And how about on the, on the other side, the data side of things, data management, data analysis, how much work are you doing on that side of things? Are you employing AI or machine learning or other technologies to, to make sure the, the data flow isn't a, isn't a fire hose, but rather a, a steady, useful stream?
1: Tom, I characterize it this way. Historically, we've gathered discrete data sets. And we've displayed them locally on monitors for the consumption and use of the clinician. So, what's going to be and and is already very important is to be able to aggregate different kinds of data streams and then provide more aggregated insights by way of intelligence. And so, if you can gather different vital signs or different physiologic signals and be able to provide a suggestion to a very busy caregiver managing more and more sicker patients that it could be a variety of things, but help narrow down. And that provides the intelligence to make better decisions on behalf of the patient.
0: Mm -hmm. Interesting. So just, just looking forward, what do you see your setting within the clinical care of a patient bedside, the monitoring? How do you see that changing over the next five years or or 10 years? Is it going to look drastically different than it does now? Am I going to walk in with my Apple Watch and the hospital could just pick it up and start monitoring away? uh, Or is it going to be largely the same with more incremental change coming?
1: No, I I don't think it would be incremental. I think it's actually going to be pretty significant. I think the concept of the four walls of the hospital would come very, very soft. Mm -hmm. And uh, as you said, uh, and most of us wear devices, whether it's Apple, Garmin, or or Google, Fitbit, right? We all have these wellness monitors, and eventually they are going to be able to provide some actionable signals and insights. And so I think the uh, concept of hospital
0: home will become very fluid. Mm -hmm. Do you see that as being part of your, a large part of your business within Medtronic going forward, patient monitoring or... Is there already a hospital at-home element to what you're doing? Is it all, or is it just all hospital now in five to 10 years, it's going to be maybe split somewhat?
1: Well, it is. It is, in fact, how we see our business evolving over time. We have an outside-the-hospital element today, Mm -hmm. but um, the patient will be both in the hospital and outside the hospital. Our focus always is on the patient. And uh, in fact, today, Tom, we touch 100 million patients in the hospital And I imagine that number will go up, you know, as patients find themselves both in and out of the hospital. Fascinating.
0: All right. Well, uh, it's unfortunate that the pandemic required folks like you to to innovate and find new ways to do things. And of course, you're moving in that direction anyway, but it's exciting to hear uh, the changes that are coming. So uh, thanks for, uh, for sharing those insights. Well, thanks, Tom. It was a pleasure. Well, that is a wrap. Thanks so much, Frank Chan, for joining us on this episode of the Metronic Talks podcast. We have lots of other episodes scheduled, so stay tuned. I hope you subscribe to the Metronic Talks podcast channel. You can do that on any major podcast player, Amazon, Google, Spotify, Apple, et cetera, et cetera. Please do share this episode of the Medtronic Talks podcast on your social media channels. And when you do, please connect with me. I am on Twitter at MedTechTom. I am on LinkedIn, Tom, S-A-L-E-M-I. I'd love to be part of those conversations. You can also find this and future and past podcast episodes at devicetalks.com and medtronic.com. So uh, check out our entire library of episodes. Very happy to be bringing you this season two of the Medtronic Talks podcast.